Hallelujah. Come on, someone give a mighty clap to the Lord. I can see. Some of us are asking, uh, is, this, is this the part we clap? Yes, it's the part we clap. Okay, have our seats. Let's appreciate the worship team as we sit down. They've done a good job. Good to see all of you. you guys are looking great. Um, <clears throat> last Sunday I told you this was the week of uh, uh, what are we? So I thought, I, I, I hope the people who asked that question got a favorable answer. And I hope the ones who were asked were also gracious with their answers. But it's just so good to see all of you in one piece. So I believe you sailed through Valentine happily. And I know you applied what we learned on Sunday. Bona Sifiwe, how was your week? <laughs> how was your week? Or did we just sleep through the week? I don't I don't think. <laughs> how was your week? Come on, turn to your neighbor and tell them how your week was. Turn, 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 turn them to, maybe you might, you might have a story to share. Turn to your neighbor and share how your week was, yeah? Did you hear an, an interesting story? Awesome. So, um, so what are we learning this month? What's our title for our series this month? Tinini <laughs> Melissa. We are learning about the impossible love. Which book are we looking at? Which book are we looking at? First Corinthians chapter 13. Chapter. What scripture did we read last Sunday? 1 Corinthians 12. You guys, are you referring to your notes? You guys have fonts. In fonts, in your fonts, there's usually an app or many apps. It's written N-O-T-E-S. N-O-T-E. Did you get that? N-O-T-E. What word is that? Notes. So as you listen to the person who comes to share, you can remove your phone instead of checking the status because I know some of us are on Instagram as the preacher preaches. You can go to that app called N-O-T-E and you write some notes. Okay? So that when you're asked what are we, <laughs> you have a reference you have a reference point. Yeah? So when, 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 when someone comes and tells you, I'll give you the whole world and evict the rest of us, <laughs> you, have a re you have a reference point. Okay. So I'm just encouraging you. Please take notes. Okay? Take notes. Um, because what is written is uh, precious. So I want us to continue with the book of First Corinthians. And I think last, uh, last, last week we learned... Two Greek words. One is a verb. The other one is a noun. So what are the two Greek words we learned? We learned agape, which is a which is a noun. Yeah? It's a thing. And then we learned agapao, which is a noun, which is a verb. It's doing. It's the action of 
loving. And so we were saying, when Paul talks about love in the book of 1 Corinthians 13, which one is he talking about? Is he talking about the noun or the verb? He's talking about the noun. So we're talking about, and we say it, that when Paul is urging us to this great thing, so remember he was talking about spiritual, the context is spiritual gifts. And he lists all the spiritual gifts there. He says some of us are called to, to be apostles, others are called to be prophets, others are called to be teachers, others to speak in strange tongues. He says that gifts of miracles, gifts of healing, he lists that and he says desire the greater gifts. But then he says at the end of verse, uh, chapter 12, he says, but I'm going to show you even a more excellent and then he goes ahead and says, even if I was gifted with all these things, even if I spoke with the tongues of men and angels, he goes to say, even if I prophesy, but I have no love, I am nothing. So he says, and, and I told you, so remember I told you, spiritual gifts in the church, they are very, very, very important. This church, this dispensation that we are in, started with a spiritual gift. Started with some guys speaking, in tongues, in Jerusalem. And that's how the church started. So is Paul saying those, those gifts are not important? He actually says they are very, very important. And so as he talks about love, agape, the noun, the thing that we should have, he's talking about something that is extremely important more than importance. Is that good English? It's called emphasis. It's important more than importance. And Paul, after stating the fundamental importance of love, now goes ahead, and that's what I want us to look at today, to teach the guys in Corinth the best litmus test for that foundational love. Remember in high school, doing litmus test, when you're checking the different elements, and if you want to know what kind of an element it is, so you do a litmus test. And so Paul from verse eight, 4 to 8 gives us a very good reference. And then what we'll do, we'll dip the litmus test. It turns red or blue. And then we'll go back to this reference. And then we would say, if it turns, if it behaves like this, what is it? And so verse 4 to 8 is that um, litmus test. So Paul is basically telling the Corinthians, how do I know that I have love? Agape love. And I, and I kept on insisting it is just not loving. And I told you guys are very good at buying flowers. You're very good at speaking those sweet words. I love you. Actually, if I get sick, you'll come and see me in hospital. You know, it's an action. That's agapao. That's the action of love. But you're not talking about just the action of love. And I told you, remember I told you, sometimes that action of love is so superficial because it's not anchored on the thing, the noun, agape. It's a thing in us. How do I know? that my agapao, my action love, is anchored on the agape love. How does agape love look like? And how does agape love not look like? And so that's what I want us to look at today. And the subtitle of my message today is to be or not to be. Okay. Only people who love poetry will get that. So let's go to First Corinthians 13. We're going to read the whole of it again.
First Corinthians. You have your Bibles? And again, in your phones, there's another app that is called B-I-B-L-E. B-I-B-L. It's also a very ni nice app to visit once in a while, yeah? Like every day, twice a day, five times a day. It's a very nice app, by the way. It's better than TikTok and Instagram. It has some very good updates. Very nice updates. <laughs> if I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have and I deliver up my body to be burnt, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes in all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when we perfect, when the perfect come and the partially, the partial will pass away. And the, when the perfect come, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up my childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been known fully. Now, uh, so now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is love. Man, I love reading this passage. It's beautiful. It's beautiful than any love letter. Anyone can ever write to you. Paul, it was 4 to 8. That's why I want us to focus today a lot. So gives us the ultimate audit and the lighthouse of love. And as, as I was thinking about the illustration for this, and I was thinking about the lighthouse, and the reason I was thinking about the lighthouse, because when I reflected on our journey as human beings, we are sailing through the stormy seas of life and relationships. But we need to grow. Life is not perfect. Is it? No. Are we perfect? No. And so, we need a lighthouse that keeps us Focus so that we don't we don't we don't crash on the shores. So a lighthouse is usually on the shores to guide to guide the boats. Maybe there's a passage, and the lighthouse shows them where not to go so that they don't run aground. But some of us have run aground because we don't have this lighthouse in terms of relationships and love. And that's why when I look at verse eight to to, to eight, verse four to eight. I see it as a lighthouse because our lives are stormy and we are not perfect. But you know what? We need to grow. So we can't give an excuse of being imperfect. It's not an excuse. When we appear before God and we stand in judgment, we will not say I was an imperfect person. No. Because God requires us to grow and he has given us the ways to grow. The author of Hebrews in 5.14 says, describes maturity in these words. 
He says, but solid food is from the mature. For those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. How do we grow? We grow by constantly practicing. You know, there are guys who play football here in this field. I'm not a footballer. I don't play football. I don't like football. I'm sorry for disappointing those people who are thinking, what kind of a guy are you? Gerald. I, I don't. But sometimes, I am passing by there, and the guys are playing, and they, they kick the ball, and the ball comes to me. So what do I do? I stop the ball, and I kick it. So if I did that every single day, would it make me a good footballer? No, it wouldn't. The guys practicing, because those guys prepared themselves. It was intentional. They, they came from home. Maybe I'm, I'm wearing my, my shoes. I will never learn to play football in these shoes. They came, they put on their football boots. They changed into their kit. They did some warm-ups. And that's what practice is. It's intentional. So we must intentionally grow. Growth does not just come. Actually, John Maxwell, uh, there's a very good book uh, you, you guys need to read. It's called The 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth. John Maxwell says that growth is not accidental. It's intentional. And actually, in the 15 laws, the first law is called the law of intentionality. You have to be intentional to grow. And so as we do our relationships, and by the way, for those people who are not, who are not here, here last Sunday, we're not just talking about your romantic relationships. The context of our teaching is love in general. Loving your neighbor, loving your boss at work, loving your lecturer, loving your mother, your sister. So that's what you're talking about. And why must we grow? Why is this important as we talk about love? It's because as we saw last week, all of us are broken. We need to grow to this place of being able to love like God wants us to love. David says in, in Psalm 51.5, he says, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. So all of us are starting from that point where it is impossible for us, for, for us to love. We don't have really the ability to love. But God redeems us and restores us. So that is called justification. Say justification. The moment we get justified, when God redeems us, when we confess our sins, we begin a journey to be more like Christ. It's called sanctification. Say sanctification. And John 17, 17, Christ praying, he says, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. So we grow, we mature up by immersing ourselves into the word of God. Remember John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So that's why sanctification comes from the word of God. Because when, you know, when we eat the word of God, we become like God more and more. And that's what sanctification is. So that as we wait at the end, what happens at the end? We get glorified. That's called glorification. So we get justified. We become by consuming and ingesting the word of God. We get to know who God is. And we get, we get to become more and more. When we are spirit-filled and, and the spirit of God is revealing the word of God. We are ingesting the word of God. And we are becoming more and more and more like Christ. Because that's the ultimate goal. That when the end comes, we shall be glorified. 
and we shall become like Christ. We shall lose the power to sin. We shall struggle no more with sin. And we shall become holy as God is holy. Fully. That's what glorification is. When we get glorified, when we lose this flesh that makes us sin. And love must move with this growth. And that's why I told you, one of the ultimate check for you as a Christian to know is, am I growing? If I call myself a mature Christian, one of the ultimate tests is a test of love. And it's a test of the way you relate with people around you and the way you relate with God. And that's why I said, when that lawyer came to Jesus in the book of Matthew 22, and he asked, they asked him, teacher, which is the greatest commandment? But then he wanted to trap him. And Jesus told him what? Love the Lord your God. And then he said the second is like it. Love your neighbor. So the ultimate test, the greatest thing, the highest calling is for you to love God. And when I talk about loving God, I don't mean just the love, the superficial love. You know, because we come to church because we love God. We give because we love God. But this is an act. And actions can get stopped. I told you last week as Pastor Julius preached, he said that happiness comes from happening. He was talking about joy and he was saying you must have joy, not, not just happiness. Because happiness depends on happenings. And then when the happenings stop, the happiness stops. But joy is there. Joy never ends. And the same thing with loving God and loving other people. We must have something that is within us, not on us. We need to have love in us, not on us. Because for some of us, even when it comes to loving God, we love God when he's doing good things to us. But when we get into trouble, when you get through challenges, we put the love of God aside. We love God when it's convenient. I was loving God when I was single until I met this guy. Hmm. The guy. The it. Until I met the it. And for me to be with this guy, I needed to stop loving God. I needed to stop serving. And so you see, you know, I was, I was in front runners, I was a leader, and then you see I disappear all of a sudden. I met a guy. And because my love, the love, my love for God was on me, not in me, it's now replaced easily. Are you getting me? And that's why love must be foundational, I said that. When Christ comes into us, so we are broken, we are justified, and now we are being sanctified. And that's where we are. That's where I want us to be. We are being sanctified and we are growing. When Christ comes into us, we become a new creation. First Corinthians 5.17. I don't see people writing these scriptures. These are very important scriptures. I want you to go read. Let your devotion be on this, this week. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. When we have Christ in our hearts, the agape love is deposited because Christ is the agape love. He comes into our hearts. Revelation 3 says, Behold, I knock at the door. If you open, I'll come in. When he comes in, Ephesians 1, 13, he says, when, you, when we believe in the word, or when you believed, when you had and believed in the gospel of truth, you are sealed by the promised Holy Spirit. That's what happens when you get justified. 
you sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, Christ comes into you. Agape loves comes into you. And that's why we begin the journey of growth and this sanctification we need. I'm not here to condemn you, but I'm here to tell you, are you growing? And we shall see how you're going to check yourself if you're growing. Are you growing daily? When you received Christ, what changed in the way you related? Let's pause there for a moment. When you received Christ, what changed in your relationship with your parents? What changed in your relationship with your siblings? What changed in your relationship with your teachers? What changed in your relationship with your employer? What changed in the way that you dated? Because if you read the book of Ephesians 2, it's a very interesting opening. Paul writes and says, when you lived in ignorance. So Paul draws a contrast between when you were lost in your sin and now. You can't have Christ in you and continue to be the same person. So I just want us to pause in a minute, for a minute, as we talk about the agape love coming into our hearts. What has changed in the way you relate with people around you? Has anything changed? When I look at you as a Christian and I look at someone else who doesn't know God, what's the difference? Because there must be a difference. And that's the point we started examining our hearts. When Christ has come to you, how do you view women now? Peter tells us, treat the young ladies as your. Treat the young ladies as your. Sisters, when you are outside of Christ, every time you'd see a young woman, you'd start undressing her and thinking about her body, her anatomy. Has that changed since Christ is in your heart? Because now you have the love of God to love that Young girl, that lady as your sister to want to protect her purity. Or do you want to take it away? That's the difference between someone who has the agape love in them and someone who just have the love on them. Because you know what? The person who have the love on them, they will be walking in town and then they will rub against another girl. And now that love will be wiped away. And before you know, they are cheating on you. The love was on them. The beauty wiped it away. But you know, when you have the love in you, agape love, it does not matter what. The moment you made a commitment, I keep on saying that love is not a feeling. Love is not something you fall into. Love is something that you make. It's a commitment that you make consciously. And that's why I keep on saying, just because you are attracted to someone, it's not a must you date them. Man, you'll get so attracted to so many people in your life, you'll end up dating the whole world. You get attracted to someone and you sit down, you get to know them, and then you get to sit yourself down and ask yourself, Does, do we have shared values? Because you see, as young people, we keep on ignoring that. You know, if there's one thing, one scripture we want to rub away from the Bible, is a scripture that says that darkness and light cannot go together. And let me tell you, as long as we keep on ignoring that scripture, we'll keep on falling into messes and heartbreaks, and we'll get our lives messed. 
because it no longer matters. Because our love for God is so replaceable. It's love of the moment. I want to remind us of what I told you. Please don't look for a good man. Don't look for a good woman. Look for a godly woman and a godly man. Because you know goodness can just get eroded. But godliness comes not only with goodness. It comes with faithfulness. It comes with kindness. It comes with patience. It comes with all these other things. Because we want a good man. I have young men who have come to me and told me, Ishmael, I'm dating. And this girl wants to leave me. Because I won't sleep with her. You're laughing? It's happening. Or this guy is telling me, prove, prove to me you love me. And man, and you fall for that. Prove to me you love me by sleeping with me. If someone ever tells you that person does not love you, because that person does not care about the one most important thing in your life, the eternal thing in your life, your relationship with God. Any person who wants to come and break away your relationship with God does not love you. He doesn't. They don't. And we shall see down there. Many of us can offer action love. Many people will cry with you. They'll buy flowers. You know those friends? Can you see your best friend that you know I can count on them? You know them? The one who takes you out on a date? And pays for it. The one who visits you when you're sick. Checks on you every other day. They lends you money when you're broke. Until, until you make a mistake. You know that, that friend you lost? Because you made a mistake? And it doesn't matter how much you said sorry. They were done with you. That's why I call agape love the impossible love. It's only possible with Christ in your heart. Because agape love is unconditional. Love that is not anchored on agape love is cosmetic. Ladies, forgive me for this example. Forgive me for this example. Yeah? Disclaimer, just forgive me. Have you seen a, a girl on makeup and then unfortunately it rains And you looked, maybe, maybe this is the first time you've met her and you went on a, on a date. And she ran outside to the car to get something. And then she gets rained on. And then she comes sits next to you. And you're trying to tell her, uh, excuse me, I'm with someone. <laughs> because he's not the same person. The makeup is, am I talking the truth? Yeah? No. <laughs> it's true. I've seen people like those. They're, they're totally different. And sometimes, that's not sometimes. That's how love that is not anchored on agape, God's agape love that is unconditional. So remember, this agape love is the love that God loved you with even when you are deep in sin before you ever knew to love him. That's the love that God wants us to have in our hearts. 
It's not washed away by water. It's not washed away by mistakes. It's forgiving. So what are the signs that you need to look out for? For you to know that agape love, that your love, the love that you have, that your relationships are anchored on agape love. So Paul gives a list of things that love is and is not. This agape love is and is not. That's why my title today is to be or not to be. You need, you need to you ask, you need to ask yourself, do I really have love or do I not have it? So the first thing that Paul talks about, he says love is patient and kind. And by the way, I'm preaching to myself too when I preach this. Because I want God to continue sanctifying me and to continue teaching me to love and to have that agape love in me. And more to have that consistent agape love in me. Kind is defined as having or showing friendly, generous, and considerate nature. Patience is the capacity to accept and tolerate delay, problems, or suffering without becoming annoyed or anxious. Do you practice this with the people you think you love? <laughs> now we are in the audit phase. So this is self-reflecting. I'm going to read this list. And I want you to stop thinking about that person. Stop thinking about your friend. Stop thinking that your friend should be here hearing this sermon. This sermon is for you. You. Forget about everything. This sermon is for you. Ask yourself. Are you kind and patient with your parents? You know when you get to this age... And we are the same height with our parents. You know, I keep on looking at my kids. The youngest is this size. And I know one day he'll be as tall as me. And he'll make demands on me. If you love your parents, are you friendly? Are you generous? And considerate in nature? Are you living in your parents' house and you're working? No, I have not finished my statement. <laughs> are, you, are, are you living in your parents' house and you receive a salary at the end of the month and you have never passed by Naivas to do some shopping for that house? It's generosity. Or is your money yours and your parents' money yours? You know, one time a parent came to me and told me, you need to talk to my son. Because he lives in me, he works. And the shower broke and he called me, the shower is broken. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just think about love, about going on dates and hugging and being kissed and feeling nice like Princess Wu and lifting one leg. You know, every time we think about love. But you see, love is in every way we relate with people. And we need to audit our relationship with every person around us. Are you patient? Because God calls us to love him and love our neighbors. And your neighbor is not the person who has built next to you. Your neighbor is any person you are in contact with. You know, someone taught me and told me, if you want to know a good boss, don't look at the way he treats people in his office. Look at the way he treats a waiter in a hotel. 
You know, there are people we value and people we don't value. That's not what God is calling us. There are people we talk to badly and people we talk to nicely. That's not agape love because agape love is consistent for every person. The people who do us good and the people who do us bad. And that's why agape love is patient. Because otherwise, we will never be able to turn the other cheek. Isn't that what Christ taught us? Agape love helps us to have practical Christian living. If you don't have agape love that is kind and patient, if you are not generous, we shall not be able to obey the command that says give and it shall come back to you. Give generously. If you don't have agape love, we shall not be, be like the widow who went and put the last two cents that she had in the offering basket. We can't have that if we don't have because agape love is the one that brings kindness and generosity to us. It's the one that brings acceptance and tolerance to delay and problems. Paul says the love envy does not envy or boast. Envy is defined as a feeling or dis of discontent or resentful longing aroused by someone else's possessions and qualities or lack. <clears throat> After your dress by then, you're a mutumba. After your gikomba. After your iPhone. Your iPhone. He's a favorite owner. Am I talking? It's for you. Ask yourself. Do I have envy? Do I have resentful when people do better than me? Eh? Kiona mmeva hizo gowns za kugraduate mtu anaitwa first class honors. Eh hata ni kukopi alikopi. Alikuwa anajua na lecturer. Hata ukuona date na lecturer. What is the 10th commandment? What's the 10th commandment? Thou shall not. Eh? Is it the 10th or the 9th? It's the 9th, sorry. Thou shall not covet. You know where it talks about even coveting your neighbor's wife? Can you see agape love? We can't even obey the commands if we don't have it. Boast is talk with excessive pride and self-satisfaction about one's achievement and possessions and abilities. I am. Without me, you all cannot survive. We've got a discussion group now. to come out. Shule. One other year, if they're not there, assignment is ikafanywa. I know those people are not in this. We are talking about your friends, by the way. <laughs> when you have love, you might be the most gifted person, but you're humble. You don't boast. Have you been in a relationship with someone? They boast all the time. They're the alpha and omega of that relationship. It's like you do nothing in that relationship. They pay all the bills when you go out on dates. Even in marriage, Pastor Tony can tell you. Eh? They think they hold your life. By the way, people like those ones who think they hold your life together, it's only God who holds your life together, my friend. Those people walk away from them when you can. 
They don't have God's love in them. They boast. They make you feel... Have you been around people who make you feel stupid? They make you feel like you don't know anything. Please don't be like them because you're going to have agape love in you and you're not going to be boastful. You're going to be humble and walk with the people who don't know as much as you know. No, we don't, we don't refuse. You know a lot. When you unajua, you're blessed. Hata ulipata hei, tunajua. Na uku copy. But sisi watu wadi, just walk with us pole pole. Tunataka kuambiwa mambo pole pole because we are slow. So when you have agape love with God, you're able, and when you even become a boss, like my, my, Tony, Pastor Tony here is my boss, and he's a very good guy. Let's clap for him. Hmm? He's gentle. He walks with you. Hmm? He'll walk with you. But there are people you work with, you go to school with, you relate with. And some of these people are also our parents. And that's why I say it. Even our parents. Today, by the way, my wife and I were talking about some people somewhere. And you are contrasting some parents somewhere. Some of them who know God and the ones who don't know God. And it's very clear. And by this, sometimes our parents are hurting us because they don't have a gap of love in them. They have the love of providing, taking us to school. They will buy us everything. But when we make a small mistake, they make us feel like we are people from evil, from hell. They'll even ask us, where will Izalua Nanani? So sometimes we forgive them because we know they don't have a gap of love in them. And we decide to be different from them. And what do we give them back? Do we give them back that resentful and that anger? No, we give them back the love of God. Because the word of God tells us not to do bad to those who do bad, but to do good to those who do bad to us. It's like keeping a coal on fire on their head. And it works, by the way. So I'm teaching you today about having agape love. It is not arrogant or rude. Arrogant is having a revealing an exaggerated sense of one's own importance or abilities. Hmm. Rude, offensively impolite or bad-mannered. It does not insist on its own way. Coming back to dating. Someone who has agape love, they'll want to know where are we going. They don't want to drag you to where they're going and you have to make all the sacrifices. Red, flag. They'll want to know what's, what's your dreams? My dreams are these. What's, what's yours? Where are you going? And they'll be very sincere. So that if you discuss, I told you love is not something you fall into. Love is something you're conscious. It's a decision and a commitment. So that when you hear we are not heading the same direction by the just walk away. Don't force things just because the guy is attractive. Oh, he's so nice. Oh, he talks nicely. He takes me to nice places. Let me tell you, all those things, you're heaping yourself and eventually it's going to turn to be a lot of pain. All those good acts. If you don't make your love decisions in a good way. So before you go telling people the way you love them, are you ready to make that commitment? Are they ready to commit back to you? That's why you need to take your time to know people. Don't just, who? Ilianguka. You're going to get hurt. You're going to break your legs, you break your arms, you break your heart. Because your heart is so broken, it can't even be broken again. You start breaking other parts of the body. Because you've fallen in love so many times with so many people. You have no heart to be broken anymore. Start breaking your legs and your hands. Come on. Love does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable and resentful. Having irritable is having or showing 
a tendency to be easily annoyed. God help me. Resentful feeling or expressing bitterness or indignation at having been treated unfairly. You know, at your place of work, you're treated unfairly and you stop being a Christian at that point. You can put this Jesus down. You know, who, who he's presenting me to deal with this person. They should be dealing with them. But you see, when you have agape love, it gives you this quality. It helps you not to be resentful and irritable. And you can be gentle. Can you see Jesus hanging on the cross? See, Jesus, man, if you think you've made sacrifices for people in your life, see Jesus hanging on the cross, dying for the people who have hung him on the cross. And you still get the strength of praying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. How many times in your life have you told yourself, Ishmael, forgive them, for they know not what? That's a gap in love. No, yes, one get toys on Misumari, a shuke, a cross, a deal now. But he didn't do that because his love was not on him. If it was on him, the weeping and the nails could have wiped it off, like the water in the makeup. But it was in him. Nothing could get to his love, nothing could break his love because it was in him, protected in him. What is breaking your, your love? You know, some of us, we have so much, so many mental health issues among your age because we have been broken. We have been disappointed. We are irritated. We are resentful. We can't even sleep being angry. At the, how could that person be? For three days, you've not slept. Thinking about how you're going to revenge. Come on, you need a couple love in you because when you have a couple love in you, it shields your heart because out of your heart comes the issues of life. That's what Solomon tells us. You need to protect your love, your heart, with a couple love. And when you have a couple love in you, you're not easily broken. Come on, they will spit on you. They will flog you. They'll crucify. They'll crucify you. You will have missing marks. They will lose your assignments. They'll want to sleep with you. They will frustrate you. But you will not get broken. And you will know that it doesn't matter how they do these things to me. I am in God's purpose. I am in God's will. The only thing that I need to do is to keep on loving God and loving my neighbor. It's called agape It does not rejoice in wrongdoing. But rejoices with that truth. Can I restate this? It does not rejoice in impurity. Wrongdoing is equal to impurity. If someone truly loves you, they work hard to protect your purity. They work hard to make sure that you're anchored in the truth. If that guy loves you, he will push you more and more towards God and more and more from him. Because the more he pulls you towards him, the more he pulls you away from God. That's how it works, by the way. The more he pulls you towards him, I have said here, maybe you guys were not there, that when you start dating, you start the journey of, of having sex. Very soon you're going to arrive there. 
very soon you're going to, the moment you get involved and you tell someone, I love you, yes, oh yeah, we are dating, you have started that journey. And by the way, it's, it's a journey that God created. You just need to make sure you don't get there too early and you don't get there too late. Yeah, you can get there too late, by the way. Ask Pastor Tony, he's a family pastor. There are people who are getting married and they're not having sex. As they are commanded in the Bible. But it's commanded, that's why it's so important. It's commanded in the Bible. It's a command, you must do it. It's in the Bible. When you get there, when you're supposed to do it, Nelson, <laughs> can see Nelson nodding. <laughs> when you're supposed to do it, you must do it. And when you're not supposed to do it, you shouldn't do it. But you know what happens in relationships? You have this man or you have this woman who is pulling them towards your, themselves. A good man who loves you because he has a couple love that rejoices not in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. The truth is God. Rejoices in the will of God in your life. They're not going to pull you away from the will of God in your life. They're going to push you more and more into the will of God in your life. They're going to push you more and more into sexual purity. And they're going to push you because they're going, they are losing, by the way. Oh, when they don't get that hug, they lose. They wish. They wish. And that's why marriage is so beautiful when you're pure. Because on that honeymoon night when you get there, you get all the things that you wished for. So they push you and they preserve. They push and they preserve. They push and they preserve. And God gives them the joy of marriage. Love rejoices in purity. Love bears all things, believes in all things, hopes in all things, endures all things. Paul says, love never ends. It never ends. Where these agape love families will not break. Because it never ends. Where these agape love divorce will never be had. Because it never ends. Where these agape love, you will never leave a job and burn bridges. Where these agape love, you'll never burn bridges in your life. Because love never ends. Even with people who hurt you, it never ends. It never ends. And finally, love fits us into God's love triangle. I don't know if we can get something that I call God's love triangle. I'm finishing now. And that's how God's tri love triangle looks like. It's God at the apex. And God loves me. And when God loves me, on the other side is others. I show my love to God by loving him back and loving others so that I can point others to God. That's the way I respond to God's love. When I have agape love in me, God loves me with agape love, I unconditionally love him back and I unconditionally love others and that's how others will learn to love God. That's our duty. If you read the book of 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, from verse 18, he says, you know, it's God who reconciled us to himself and he committed to us the ministry of reconciliation. Matthew 28, 18 to 20, he says, therefore go ye and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them the commands that I've given you. That's our, that's our call. It's our lives. He tells us, be the light of the world. So that when people look at us, they know our Father who is in heaven. Are we reflecting the love of God, the true love of God, the agape love of God? Where is your life today? Do you have the agape love of God? Let's close our eyes. I want to pray for you. 
if you're there and you're saying, Ishmael, number one, if you're there and you don't have a relationship with God, because we've seen it's only through justification that God can give us his agape love. And that agape love is for advantage. Because that agape, agape love helps us to exist in the places God has given us and God has put us in our families, in our relationships, in our marriages, in our places of work. That agape love helps us to exist in those spaces. So are you there and you're saying, Ishmael, I don't even have a relationship with God. I'm not even justified. I need to start there. You're there and you want to give your life to Christ. Just lift your hand and I'm going to pray with you. Because that's where it starts. Just lift your hand and I'm going to pray with you. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. Oh, let me have leaders stand with those people. Thank you for those two hands. You're there and you're saying, I want to have a relationship with God. Are you there and also saying, I was born again, I had a relationship with God, but I departed from that. My fellowship with Jesus was broken, but I want to restore it so that I can have a gap of love in me. Just lift your hand. Thank you. Someone stand with that. With her. There's a hand there. You want to come back to God, you're saying, I backslid. I moved away from God, but I want to come back. I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your love. Thank you, Jesus, because your love is moving in this place. God, it's transforming us. It's healing us. One of you lifting your hand. Pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you. I agree that I'm a sinner, but I repent of my sins. And I receive your forgiveness. Make me the kind of person you want me to be. Make me a new creation. Seal me with your spirit. I'm your child now. In Jesus' name. And Lord, I want to thank you for those hands. For them, God, that are coming back to you, God. And for them that are just coming to you. Father, Lord, may be unto them according to your word. And according to your promises, oh God. Receive them in your kingdom. In Jesus' mighty name. As we're still closing our eyes. Are you there? And you're saying, Ishmael, I don't have that love. I am walking with anger. I'm walking with impurity. I have not loved the person that God has given me in my life without agape love. I have broken relationships in my life. Just lift your hand and I'm going to pray with you. Thank you for those hands. Well, just pray. Just lift your hands. Thank you for those hands. Broken relationships. Anger. You're walking with heart in your life. Your heart. You have been hurt. You're finding it difficult to forgive. Just lift your hand. Lift your hand up. Lord, we thank you for the hands that are lifted. God, who is able to get to our hearts, who is able to mend and heal us, oh God. Father, heal our hearts, O King of all glory. Heal us of that heart, O King of all glory. God, revive your love in us, oh God. Father, give us the courage to walk, God, to the people who have heart as God and to tell them we have forgiven them, them. God, give us the courage to walk to the people whom we have hurt, God, and to ask for forgiveness, O King of all glory. Father, help us, oh God, to be anchored in your love so that, Lord, we are not easily broken. We are not easily angered. We, are, we don't become arrogant or resentful or boastful, God. But we always be kind and patient, O King of all glory. We thank you and we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. I love you so much. The love of Christ. And I pray this week, practice the agape love of God. Amen. God love you.